0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Okay, so one thing I want to start doing in 2024, and this episode will be out in 2024, is do almost like mini... I was talking to Sean, and he was saying how he listens to these sports podcasts that mm-hmm. will do like emergency episodes. If something crazy happens in the sports world, right. it's like emergency, and they, they can put out like a 5-minute, 10-minute, 20-minute little episode about whatever topic. And I kind of want to start doing that in 2024. So this will be my first like little emergency episode. It's such an emergency, like call 911. Um, (laughs) So this will be my first little topical fun. It's like a episode, like a Tim bit, you know, like a little audio bit. So we are talking about Taylor and Travis because like, when they started to publicly, you know, kind mm-hmm. of be in a relationship, mm-hmm. everyone was going nuts, and I was like, I don't understand it. And then I was watching content, and I'm like, oh, my God, I am obsessed with this couple. I've never been one to care about celebrity relationships. You know, if there's a couple that's been together forever, and it's like, oh, breaking news, they're getting a divorce. Like, I don't, I'm unaffected by it. It's... That's me. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, with this relationship... I was like, oh my God. And then Sarah, the Birds Papaya, messaged me and she was like, it's because it's like our version of a romance novel. And I'm like, oh my God, you nailed it. Yes. But there's got to be more to it. And so you messaged me, this was a long time ago, and you were like, oh, we should chat about the Taylor-Travis phenomenon and why all of us are so invested in it. So I made a couple notes because I was thinking today, like, why are we so into it? And then I wanted to get your thoughts about it too. Okay. So for the record, you messaged
1: me that we oh, had. Have- I did? <laughs> and I have to say that because otherwise, anybody who remotely knows me will say this story's not true. Okay. Tanya would never okay, so volunteer herself. And the only reason why I make that edit is I don't even know. Still, actually, fully. I kind of had to Google it when you first told me about Taylor and Travis. I'm really bad Even when it came to Taylor and Travis. But then, similar to you, once you nudged me, I was like, Taylor has a bow? And it was amazing in me. I never care that I kind of started to care and Google and be like, oh, who is this Travis? And I got really pulled into the story of like his bracelet, the bracelet with the phone number. And all of a sudden, that was what I was reading. So I'm going to answer it two ways. First, I'm going to answer it in the authentic I'm a Swifty. You know, self-disclosure. So part of it might be that a lot of us just love Taylor Swift. Yeah. And we have to probably talk about why do we all love Taylor Swift. I love Taylor Swift because her music is good. She's talented. She writes stories. I'm, I have a love affair with to- storytelling. Her and Her lyrics are always stories. So I get pulled in to story. My daughter loves her. There's a point. This isn't just my, you know, love. How old's your daughter? My daughter is eight. This isn't just my love letter to, you know, Taylor Swift. Like, minorly, we're coming to see you in December in <laughs> she, Vancouver, obviously, FYI.
0: Obviously, she listens. <laughs> You're going to listen.
1: So we'd love to come backstage. But what I really think it is, is that she reaches, you know, here I just said my daughter loves her. She's eight. Yeah. I love her. I'm doesn't matter. Not eight. Yeah. Yeah she reaches various ages. Why? I think the main thing about Taylor Swift that almost makes her an enigma is that she is so relatable. We can all kind of imagine being her friend. We can see ourselves in her. We can. She's like the girl next door. There's something about her and how she presents herself to the world that makes her very approachable. As human beings, We talk about this, and this is where I get to be the psychologist on this. We are all hardwired to connect. We love connection. We love connection in imagination. We don't need a love connection like only in authentic reality. Actually, some of us prefer connection, imaginative connection. And Taylor Swift sort of allows us that because we can imagine it's accessible to us to imagine being connected to her. So her joy becomes our joy, That's the fairy tale aspect. Her finding love becomes this close and relatable idea to us finding love or finding that kind of fairy tale love story. We are also vulnerable to that kind of story at certain times. So during the pandemic, everybody, I think everybody, became obsessed with Bridgerton. Mm. What was that? We that? We were going through hell. We were all disconnected. We were all isolated in our homes. We were all feeling actually an extreme form of being detached from other people. And we got pulled in to love stories with intensity, you know, passion, because we needed it. We were craving it. Our world is very divisive right now too. Mm. And so again, here is we all get to connect, unite over Taylor Swift and Travis in social media comments. The comments are joint there's a joining of people. There's a joining in joy, there's a joining in romance. There's a joining in did you hear this? Yes. Instead of all the other comments you're seeing and the hate and the divisiveness that's going on. So I think there's another contextual layer to what she's offering our world. She's offering us what at our core we all want. We don't want to be in this world of division, most of us. We want to feel connected. We want to feel hope. We want to feel meaning.
0: We want to feel passion. She kind of brings us all of that. Simplify your kid's mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. It's funny because if I see a TikTok, like do you remember when he was waiting for her backstage at her show and she like ran up to him and gave him a big hug? Like there's nobody that looks at that and has one thing negative to say. And it's like you were saying like we're all looking at it almost like we all agree that like this is amazing and we all
1: know what that feels like and yeah. it brings us comfort and it bring, that's what I said we share in her joy so we we hear often misery loves company it's really important to not feel alone in our feelings when we're sad there's a reason we have that saying it's it's not a nice thing but what it really means is We need to feel not alone in our feelings, Mm -hmm. right? We'll talk about that when we talk about kids and and parenting. And so that's also true for positive emotions. We feel joy in her joy. That
0: makes that joy that much more
1: powerful. You know, it, it, it ignites us from within.
0: And I also feel like a huge part of it is how this all started with the bracelet and him wanting to meet her backstage. And because you're almost like, He's such a likable person. He's not very private. Like most of her relationships, especially the last one, has been very private. And we didn't know anything about it. People speculate, you know. He is just like an open book. He's very likable. And the fact that he was vulnerable to just come out publicly and say, I wanted to meet her and I made her a bracelet and I went to her show and he is declaring that he is interested in her in a romantic way. And initially, he basically just got shut down. And we're like, oh, like, you know, he tried. We could all feel his heartbreak It was, it was too. so yeah. cute. And it was like, a lot of men, especially in the public eye, would never be like, basically, I have a crush on this person. Let everybody know, but she turned me down. You know what I mean? And so we're kind of like rooting for him and like, oh my God, it ended up working for him. And, you know, like. Well, he was vulnerable.
1: And so we're also connecting to that authentic vulnerability and to, you know, the heroism and bravery that goes into putting yourself in whatever way. You know, me sitting in front of you with my mom room socks. Like (laughs) the authentic vulnerability that goes into putting yourself out there and there's also something there's another piece there's also something to both of them having you know their separate platforms podiums we also root for it because it's nice when they're in different they're succeeding in their different worlds mm-hmm. and so we don't feel they're going to threaten each other like both their lights can shine and we we like that we like stories that we can predict and tell and we like stories that we can predict tell feel part of that aren't going to hurt us. Mm. So, you know, Donald Winnicott, a famous psychoanalyst, says, it's a joy to be hidden, but a disaster not to be found. When we get to relate and feel part of this story and even feel like we could be one of Taylor's girlfriends talking to her about Travis, the best part about it is we're never going to get rejected by her because we don't actually know her. Yeah. And so we get to really feel part of it and feel the joy and feel the, oh, my God, and the heartbreak and the hope and the planning. And yet we're actually not part of it. It's like the best kind of relationship in a metaphoric way. Mm -hmm. And that's the other reason we all love that. It's the same reason some of us love reality TV. It's a way to get or feel connected with actually not needing to be truly invested.
0: Do you think that they will get married and have kids? Yeah. I know. So do I. Because they're also,
1: you know, I think what you also brought up a real, maybe the one other reason we are all obsessed with it is because it feels real, is because her other relationships were private and she has always been private. And so there's something about seeing this public, there's something about seeing, so clearly I watch this, there's something about seeing her relate to his mother where, you know, they're smiling and you're like, oh, the mother likes her, right? So we're filling in the gaps. We may all be fantasizing and that's fine. It feels fun. It brings us joy, and there's a part of us that feel really invested in this story and in her future. Yeah. And I hope for her that she finds meaning in this relationship and that it is what we all want for her and for him.
0: Travis at the concert with her dad. Like, I think I didn't. So, I think I don't know that one. Oh, my God. I'll send you TikTok. <laughs> after. So he had a week off of football, and he went to like overseas where she was performing, and was in like the private little booth there with her dad, the whole concert, just like singing and like her dad is an Eagles fan, I think. And he had on like a chief's lanyard (laughs) and they were just like the best of buds. And he's super supportive. He's not trying to be private about anything. And one thing that I was thinking about, and this is just because I've just recently started paying attention to her lyrics Mm. and learning like, oh, this song is about this person and this song is about Harry Styles and this one's about Jake Gyllenhaal and her past relationships. And it's so relatable to like hear how she felt in those different relationships. Like I was telling my mom some of the bits of lyrics to the 10-minute version of All Too Well. And I'm like, mom, it's about Jake Gyllenhaal and her relationship with him. And I'm telling her some of the lyrics and like I could cry because I'm like, oh my God, like just so relatable, you know, being younger, having an older boyfriend, and that's the part I was feeling saying. all these and feelings. all ages.
1: We've been yes. there, either we've been there or we know we'll be there. So my daughter, the eight year old, loves to sing. She takes singing lessons, and she's on her maybe third concert performance. She wants to be Taylor Swift. She sits in her room, you know, writing the lyrics to her own songs. And in her m- most recent holiday concert, she sang "Never Grow Up."
0: Mm. Do you know that one? Mm-hmm.
1: There wasn't a dry eye in the room from the ages of, you know, 10 to the grandmas because we all connected to that. The teenagers connected to that, right? You dropped me off at the movie and I kind of am embarrassed, but... You know, don't let go of me and don't get let go of this connection. We know as, you know, parent-child relationship, we can tell that story as a parent, we can tell that story as a child, we can tell that story as a teen, the magic and importance and meaning of that relationship. She writes about things we've all felt. Mm. And she has a way of putting them to words in simplicity so that they're so accessible to the youngest of audiences. And also with complexity. So they go over the head of some of the young audiences on purpose sometimes. And then she adds, you know, a little bit of profanity, which I love. It just allows more access and relatability in a way. And so I think that is one of the main reasons we're now obsessed with her relationship. But it's because so many people were obsessed with her. She's the American sweetheart. Mm -hmm. But because she's so relatable to so many people, and for sure, there's a hundred things we could talk about about how she may not be, but I think in many, many ways she is.
0: Yeah. So yeah, the lyrics, and then obviously she's had difficult relationships in the past and like gone through hard things. And then you see her with Travis and I'm just like, oh my God, like- We want that for her. Yeah, exactly. And just like a funny anecdote before we end this, I was watching the Eras tour with Milo. He's very into it. And the part of the man where she says- I could be like, Leo in San Tropez. He's like, who's Leo? Like, just out of nowhere. Like, I didn't even know he was paying attention to the lyrics, right? He's like, who's Leo? I'm like, Leo, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. He's an actor. Why is she saying his name? Is she going to say it again? And I'm like, mm, I think she just says it once in the song. Like, he's obsessed with that part all of a sudden. And he, like, walks around the house like, In San Tropez. <laughs> <laughs> we all have parts we attach to. Yeah. Who's Leo?
1: For the adults, she's our Elsa. Yeah. And for the kids, she's literally their Elsa. And she's for everybody. There's something.
0: Okay. Well, this was lovely. I love this for my first little like random nugget of an episode. And look at you on a pop culture Episode, Lori you always tell me like <laughs> i Lori know nothing Krabz is gonna <laughs> die gonna <laughs> be like you talked about that you know nothing yeah. there's no way you are successful <laughs> look at you you are a pop culture and it's kind of nice because you give like a psychological spin I on <laughs> the pop culture i can't do it any other way <laughs> oh gosh okay this was lovely thank you you're, you're welcome. welcome are you looking for a podcast that'll make you laugh